1: With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell.
2: Well, good evening, and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church, and we are live. Live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Our toll-free number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 5329 So don't be shy. Pick up that phone and let us know what's on your mind. Again, the number is one 888 F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Well, you may or may not be aware that there is a war raging all around us. It's not a war of guns and missiles. However, in the end, it may prove to be just as deadly. It's not a war over land and territories, but it is a war to capture and influence the hearts of, and minds of our society. It is a cultural war. Tonight, we bring you part five in our series talking about 10 cultural and current issues that affect us as individuals, that affect our families, our churches, our communities, our world at large. These cultural and current issues not only affect us, but can lead us in the wrong direction, away from God, and away from our fellow man. The real issue is how do we respond to these 10 cultural and current issues from a biblical and apologetic perspective? Well, for the answer to this question and so much more, stay tuned for we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight?
3: Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed and thank you so much for the challenging and uplifting uh, words that God always gives to you to give to the people before the Word of God is given out. So thank you so much. And uh, we are committed, Contending for the Faith, our staff, we're committed to giving uh, reasons and answers for our Christian faith, and we are committed to 1 Peter 3 and 15, giving answers for the Christian faith and giving answers to oppositions to the Christian faith. And we have uh, all of these 10 oppositions to the Christian faith and something that is uh, attacking us uh, every day in one way or another. You turn on the TV, you listen about what's going on in the schools today, uh, trying to teach young boys uh, that they can wear a dress and young girls, that they can be a boy. And we are learning so much about, in our world, about so much corruption and people doing what is right in their own eyes, like in Bible days. And God came and judged the people then, and he's judging them uh, today. And so we uh, need to be aware that all of these 10 Uh, current and cultural things that uh, I have been talking about is all about destroying America. That's what it's all about, tearing down America and rebuilding it into a Marxist and socialist world. Just like all the evil leaders in the past, Hitler, Stalin, and so many others, and even going back to uh, heaven when... Uh, Lucifer was there and uh, he uh, wanted to tear down what God had built and rebuild it the way he wanted to and he's got into the Garden of Eden, did the same thing, you know wanted to tear down everything that God had built and he's been doing that successful every since, uh, you know in heaven and uh, so we need to be aware that we got an enemy behind all of this stuff that's going on. And it's uh, a reality. And from Ephesians 6 and 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Look at that. Rulers of darkness, people in leadership ruling and they are controlled by demons. That's what's happening. When we look at all of these 10 points, you got to keep your eyes on the fact of Satan and he can appear as an angel of light, but behind it all, you got a satanic plan to self-destruct and destroy. And he's a murderer, Jesus said. And what it is a short time pleasure and long time pain, but you're dealing with the enemy. Now let me review all of these different points that I've been talking about. Number one, we live in a postmodern relativistic world where people, a lot of people don't believe in the divine absolute, and they're into relativism that follows postmodernism. Relativism, they want to make everything relative to what they want to do, what their ego, what their uh, mind and spirit and ideas tell them to do, you know. And it has nothing to do with God whatsoever in God's word. Secondly, number two, We live in a woke culture, world, and it heightens one's awareness to change with the current culture. And mostly uh, it changes like a chameleon lizard to everything that confronts it. And they will change, try to change the Bible and uh, try to say that the Bible teaches All of this corruption that we are hearing today. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Bible says God does not change. And we need to keep our eyes on that. Thirdly, critical race theory. And it's just like the name says. It's just nothing but a theory. You know, that's a good name for it. And it, critical race theory, blames everything on systemic racism. And they want to say that Everything around us has got to do with systemic racism. My friend, if you don't like it here in America where you got top jobs and got big money and you got great big homes and cars and all this stuff, go move somewhere else. If you don't like America, you don't like what God has done for you here, go live somewhere else and complain there. You'll really understand what racism is you go to some of these other countries. Travel, my friend. And see the real world. You think America's bad? Travel around the world. And you'll see how bad the world is in comparison to America. You're blessed to be here. Blessed to have the job you have. Blessed to have the car you have. Blessed to have the, the, the family. Blessed to have uh, all the opportunities that you have here to go to school and get your education, get your degree, and get you a job. You know, a lot of people have the gift of complaint. That's all they do don't have the gift of anything else in the body of Christ, but they sure got a gift of complaint. And then number four, we have Equality Act. Equality Act. What does that mean? It, it, it means twisting up the Civil Rights Act, and it gets into gender identity, not only with teenagers and adults, but now even with a brainwashing little children in schools. And God... Be with the parents fighting the, you know, all of this, this opposition to these children, trying to brainwash them, get them into all of this nonsense and demonism and transgender stuff. And it's, uh, it's the, the world is in bad shape today. And we need to get back to God. He's the only answer. Get back to Christ. He's the only answer for this world today. And then let me get into the fifth one uh, tonight. Uh, what is cultural appropriation? A cultural appropriation. Now, this subject uh, sometimes can be uh, complex and confusing. And so we want to move from complexity to simplicity and put the cookies down on the bottom shelf for, so the kitties can reach them. Now, according to the website, Very Well mined very well mined. Cultural appro- appropriation occurs when, quote, a dominant cultural group make use of an- another cultural element of a non-dominant group in a way that the non-dominant group views racist uh, racism. In other words, it is one cultural group taking advantage of another cultural group and using their cultural custom, language, clothes, wearing jewelry, religion—like an example, blackface—and practice those, uh, you know, ideas, and uh, and then they stereotype it and put down uh, members of another culture. So it becomes a war between appropriation without one's permission. <laughs> That's a good way to kind of like put it in a nutshell. There is a fine line between appropriation and appreciation. Uh, That's where we're at with this situation here. And we need to understand that that is one of the problems when we talk about this particular subject Because a lot of times when people hear it, they don't know what to do with it and where to go with it in relationship to this. So cultural appropriation is the act of adopting something from another culture uh, clothing food music art uh, hairstyle uh in, in an offensive way uh, they borrow from other cultural groups and they don't they don't get their permission and they just kind of like tear them down and they mock them and that sort of thing now let me say this in conclusion let me say this in conclusion no christian should be involved with this type of behavior and they're And there are some people in churches, some people outside the churches, uh, that is involved with this type of behavior. Now, the Bible says uh, that we as Christians that we should not be tossed to and fro by the world. It tells us in Ephesians 4 and 14, you might want to write this down, Ephesians 4 and 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. And it about with every wind and doctrine in the slate of men. And the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. <laughs> That's what they want to do. They want to deceive you. Satan is all behind deception. Going all the way back to uh, heaven and on earth in the Garden of Eden and even today. We should do nothing that has to do with strife and vain glory. The Apostle Paul says in uh, Philippians 2 and 3, that nothing be done through strife and vain glory. A lot of the stuff that people are doing is just strife and vain glory. And you know what, my friend? I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to get raw bone with you. Jesus said it, made it clear. Uh, Anything, I mean, the Apostle Paul said this, and Jesus said it through him. The Apostle Paul said Anything that I do other than Christ is dumb. <laughs> Most of you know what that is. That's waste. Now, that's pretty strong uh, words to put out before us. Anything that you do other than Christ is dumb, my friend. You better get with Jesus. He's the main thing. He's the foundation by which everything is built on, even your life. To misrepresent and misappropriate someone else's culture and identity is creating strife, division, and not a spirit of unity. I want to close on this one scripture here. And this is the scripture that will save all of us, not only in our marriage, but in our jobs, uh, in our community, uh, with our enemies, and every aspect of life. Romans 12 and 18, verse 18. Uh, if it possible, we should live peaceably with all men. Now, it says all men. That means Christian and non-Christian. Are you living peaceably with all men? Or are you just creating division and strife with your marriage, with your children, with your job, with your community? You know, this scripture here, Romans 12 and 18, if people live by it, it wouldn't be so much killing today. A lot of people are getting killed over not living peaceably with all men. And, you know, that's what God is calling upon us to do, to live peaceably with all men. Now, I know it's hard, but you say it's hard to do that, Dr. Butler. Yes, it is. In your own strength, but Philippians 4 and 13 says, we can do all things through Christ that strengthens We're going to have a prayer right now, repentance. We're going to ask you to pray with us right now and join us in this prayer. Dear Lord, I confess my sins right now. That I've done against you and my fellow man. And I repent of my sins. I turn from my sins. And I turn to you as my Lord and Savior. Lord, help me to live under the Lordship of Christ, the rulership, the ownership, the stewardship, and ship myself in every shipment of Christ. And we just ask that you would touch somebody's heart tonight that they will surrender to you and be submissive to you. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. All right.
2: Well, it's time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you tonight. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith.
1: You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, The Spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back
2: to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we are just delighted uh, to to thank you for your prayers and your financial support for Contending for the Faith. Uh, You guys have been listening to us for many, many years Some of you from the very beginning, almost 20 years ago, and uh, you're still here. and still praying. It's still going strong. And we just are are delighted and so thankful that you're partnering with us to keep this ministry going, to keep this this program alive. And it is listener-supported and it costs us about 400 a week to do this broadcast. And uh, so many of you have just been a blessing to uh, give of your time, talent, your treasure to contending for the faith. And uh, we can't thank you enough. Keep the prayers going as well as continue to give. Uh, you're, You're sending your treasures ahead of you into heaven. And we always say one day, you're going to get in heaven and the father's gonna say to you, turn around and look and you will turn around and see a multitude of people you're going to ask the Lord, who are these people? And he's going to tell you that these are the folks, these are the people that made it into heaven as a result of your giving, as a result of your faithfulness, and a result of your prayers. So don't feel like anything you do is too little, that anything you give is too little, because it's making a difference in time and eternity. There's two ways that you can donate. First, you can Address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org, that's contendingfaith.org, click on the donate button, And that's it. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. So we just want to validate all of you who've been praying and validate all of you who have stepped up to the plate and knocked a home run financially for this ministry. It's so vitally important. You know, last week we were saddened to report that um, our good brother Frederick Manning has gone home to be with the Lord. And it was a tragic situation. And we are... uh, praying for the family and 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 their and friends as well but we want to just make you aware that uh, the funeral will be held next saturday august 6th at 10 o'clock a.m at the foothill baptist church 1530 foothill boulevard oakland california brother frederick was our phone counselor and so many of you who have been listening to the broadcast and called in over the years, may have had the opportunity to speak with uh, Brother Manning and uh, talk to him, and he may have prayed with you and shared with you. And so we were all saddened by his sudden loss. And uh, so we're asking for prayers for the family. And we just want to once again make you aware that if you would like to attend the funeral, it will be next Saturday, August 6th at uh, 10 a.m. at Foothill Baptist Church, 1530 Foothill Boulevard, Oakland, California. All right, Dr. Buckner, you ready to uh, go to the phone lines? Yes, do that, uh, Brother Gary. All right, uh, we believe, I believe we have Brother Rick on line one.
3: Hey, Brother Rick, how you doing? I'm blessed. Good evening to all of you. Well, good evening to you, my brother. And uh, what's on your heart tonight?
1: Got, got an interesting question. Mm-hmm. In, in Philippians 2.12 which is after the Kenosis passage mm-hmm. it, we have a statement that says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling Now many churches and the cults will respond that we, have, we teach salvation by works How do we respond to that?
3: Well that's a very good question Brother Rick Appreciate that uh, question This is a uh, passage of scripture that a lot of people have it. They've taken it out of context. And let me kind of try to give a little clarity on this, and what's uh, going on here. Um, and, and let me kind of quote uh, Martin Luther, the great Reformationist father. He said one time that we are not saved by works, but we're saved by a faith that works. And so Paul here is not teaching uh salvation by works, because he made it very clear in ephesians uh two eight and nine for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself, not of works, lest any man should boast, so he makes it clear there that we are not saved by works uh in terms of salvation, and when he talks about here, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, uh when you look at the context. He's simply saying, and because you got to put verse thirteen with that uh, verse twelve, he says, "For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure." So, who is the one that is working the salvation? It is God that's working in you. So, what Paul is basically saying in the Greek is that is that. Uh, it's not that you're working working for your salvation. It's just simply that you're working out a salvation that God has already worked in. That's why he uses the preposition in, that He's you're working out of what God has already worked in. Now, when we talk about uh, works, you know, works is a means by which Uh, we bear good fruit, you know, and Jesus said over and over, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and, you know, James tells us faith without works is dead, so uh, the way that we bear fruit in our lives is through the power of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5 and 22, is that we bear the fruit of works by the working of the Holy Spirit uh, in us, so uh, it's very important uh, when it says to work out your own salvation, the Greek renders here uh, work out. and the Greek, talking about work out what God has already worked in, which means to continually work to bring something to fulfillment or completion in terms of bearing fruit, you know. And Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit, right? Uh, it cannot refer to salvation by works because when you look at passages like Ephesians uh, two eight and nine and and then uh, Romans three twenty one to twenty four, uh, it's not referring to uh, the believer's salvation, but obedience uh, in the process of God working salvation uh, in and out of us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then when it talks about, uh, it's interesting phrase that Paul uses when he uses the word uh, with fear and trembling uh, in verse 12, what does this refer to? Well, uh, it it refers to uh, a healthy fear of God in the sense that you're walking in a way that you're not offending God uh, and you're walking in a righteous way that you're not a fear that you're fearing god in a obedient way and it renders with you not offending god because you love him so much that you want to worship him and serve him in a righteous sanctified way so this is what it means here uh and uh, when it talks about uh we uh in ephesians 2 and 10 we are his workmanship. And that simply refers that God wants to do a great work in and through us, uh, but it's not anything that's in reference to uh, us working for our salvation. And cults and some uh, churches that are ignorant in this area, they isolate the scriptures and they're not looking at the totality. That's why Paul says, I held back not... preaching to you the whole counsel of God we got to look at context after context and the meaning of words and the background and what each book is trying to say because one thing one chapter may say this but you got to look at some other chapters along with it to get better clarity of the, the, the scripture so hopefully that helps out brother Rick very clear good good uh, very good. Would you like for us to pray for you? Have any prayer requests?
1: I okay, so just uh, pray that I continue to fight the good fight around my health. Uh, I had moments where I was feeling very weak, and then I had moments I came back. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's never over. Oh, absolutely. So God says it's over.
3: Well, don't be weary and well doing, brother, because in due season you'll reap if you faint not. So we're gonna have Brother Gary to mm. lift you up in prayer and let's let's do that. And we're gonna ask people uh that's listening tonight to lift up brother Rick because he has been going through a whole lot. All right, Brother Gary.
2: All right. Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick. We thank you, Lord God, for his faithfulness, for his dedication to you, for his love for you, Lord God. And, Lord God, we just pray, Lord God, that you are the author and the perfecter of his faith, as well as the great physician who never lost a case. And, Lord God, we just pray over his physical man. We pray, Lord God, that you would strengthen strengthen him in his inner core, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you would give him new vitality and uh, new dunamis, ecstasy, power, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you would encourage him and strengthen him in his spirit as well, Lord God, that you give him continuous joy, Lord God. The joy of the Lord will be his strength, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that you continue to use Brother Rick uh, wherever he is and whoever he is in contact with. You've given him a sphere of influence even where he is right now. And we pray, Lord God, that you would use him to be that witness there, Lord God. Use him in every situation that he finds himself in, whether he's with a physical therapist or whether he's with a doctor or a nurse, or a technician, that he be keen and insightful and ready to share uh, the good news and the word of God and his testimony. Lord, we ask your blessing be upon him. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rick. God bless you, brother. Always good hearing from you. Amen. All right, you stay strong. Okay, Brother Gary, who do we have? Uh, all right, we have
2: Craig
4: waiting on line to. Hey,
3: Brother Craig, how you doing?
4: Yeah, hi, Doc Buckner. Um, I've got a St. Paul question, and probably like in the same category almost as Rick's call, but St. Paul says at some point, um, in my weakness, I am strong, or something to that extent. Um, but you know the Greek real good, and I, my first thing I'm thinking of, does... Any other, anybody else in the Bible kind of allude to that same thing? I mean, does Christ, does he get to, does he say something, does he command us to do something like that anywhere? Or, I, I don't Saint Paul is famous for saying that, but I know in your own inspirational way, the way you um, described the faith, I wanted you to kind of unpack that for us and you know, if we can you know take some inspiration from that. I mean, I mean, it's tough. You know, when you're going through through stuff, you know, to think that in your weakness you're you're strong, but m- maybe in God. But you know, it's tough. And um, that's my question, Doc Buckner.
3: Well, uh, Brother Craig, that is a very good question, and thank you so much for uh, you know seeking a better understanding of the Word of God and being diligent in that. And so so the passage that you are referring to is in Second Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, I not too long did a uh, extensive study of this in our church and Paul is referring to the thorn in his flesh and this uh, point that you're mentioning is Second Corinthians 12 and verse 10. He says, therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities and reproaches, and necessities, and persecution, and distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So what Paul is referring to here, when I am weak, then I'm strong, because he went to the Lord three times to ask God to remove the thorn in his flesh in this context, and God didn't, but he just simply answered Paul uh, in the midst of his weakness you'll find the answer to uh, the problem, the solution to his weakness uh, is that he says in Second Corinthians 12 and verse 9, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And so most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me." So when you look at this, you look at a list of benefits and blessings, uh, because we have to put ourselves uh, in the position uh, for the blessing. Uh, If we don't put ourselves in the position, uh, we will not experience the blessing. So, we got to put ourselves in the position. Uh, so, Paul put himself in the position for all of these benefits and blessings. For instance, let me list them. So, number one, how he found strength in his, in his weakness, number one, was grace. That's God's unmerited favor. And grace, and the Bible speaks about grace on grace. One of the greatest things that we can find strength in is the favor of God and His grace. And Paul and the writers, John and others, would talk about grace upon grace. You know, when you talk about one grace, but grace upon grace, and I think we should pray that type of prayer. So he he mentions grace is sufficient for thee, and my strength, he found strength in his weakness, that's number two. And then number three, uh, perfection, he found perfection in weakness. Matter of fact, uh, Brother Manning, that passed on that we've been mentioning, he left me a, a message on my phone. And he said, Dr. Butner, God really used you. When I heard that message, God really used you. And he, he just blurred out, uh, you mentioned the word, Dr. Butner, the word perfect means mature. He said, be mature in your weakness, be mature in your weakness. So the word perfect, number three, is that he found maturity in his weakness. And uh, then number four, he found glory, that I would rather glory in my infirmities. And then number five, he found power. He found the power of Christ that was upon him. But when he uses the word upon, that is the Greek word dunamis, because exousia is authority, Greek word for power is authority, uh, John 1 and 12, and then Acts 1 and 8. It uses the word epiopon. So Paul had all of these spiritual nuggets, these spiritual benefits. And because he put himself in that position, uh, that he got the benefit and the blessing of all of these things. And so he could say in verse 10, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Why? Because he experienced in verse 9, God gave him all of those Five nuggets that made him uh, strong in his weakness. Now, I had a chart that I put up. I'll say this in conclusion on this because you got to go to commercial mix soon. I had a chart put up in the church uh, that I pastor. And what I did was on one side, I said, if you don't experience these five spiritual blessings, you'll get weak, weaker, and weakest. Those are the three on one side. And then on the, on the right side, if you experience these five spiritual blessings, you'll get strong, stronger, and strongest. I said the choice is up to us because we all experience weak moments. Well, in the, weak, in the weakest moments of our lives, what did Paul do? He simply reached out for God's grace, God's strength, and God's perfection. God's glory, God's power, and then he could say, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Man, this is a rich stuff, brother. Look at this over again and the points that I brought out. Study it, look at it, look at it, and cry out for all of these five things. And I guarantee you, if you put yourself in the position, you'll be blessed uh, above what you can measure. So hopefully that's helped you to get a better understanding of what he's saying. All right. Well, we need to take a break. Our
2: phone lines are open. We need to hear from you. Hang on. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith.
1: You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay.
2: All right, well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Barry, Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on Occults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. And uh, as you just heard, our phone lines are open. We have about uh, 12 minutes left in the broadcast. And once again, we just want to thank All of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith and all of you who have partnered with us financially to keep this ministry alive, there's two ways you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. Contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. All right, Dr. Buckler, let's quickly get back to our callers. We want to give them as much time as we have left in the broadcast to entertain their questions and comments. We have Jermaine on line three.
3: Brother Jermaine, how you doing?
1: Oh, I'm doing very well.
3: Well, good. Good to hear your voice. And what's on your heart, brother?
1: Well, yeah, just um, uh, kind of a continuation from uh, last week. I was hoping to get some prayer on. But uh, Christians taking each other to court, I was just curious, like, at what point is that okay? Because I know we're not supposed to do that. But uh, I, I wound up in a situation where I had volunteered to kind of manage a, a uh, home for an in-law who doesn't live in the country and everything was good until it was time to give the money back. And there's a dispute both ways and I'm kind of caught in the middle and I'm being threatened with uh, being taken to court. And, you know, I'm just really praying my way through it and uh, trying to make sure that both sides are happy and I've learned my lesson to never put my name on paper again. But my question is what, at what point is it okay to take another professing believer to, to court because I believe one of the parties or both are professing believers so I just wanted to get your input on that
3: well uh, that's a good question from a biblical perspective it's never okay uh, the world standards will try to say it's okay but from the biblical motif uh, it you know Paul rebukes that in first Corinthians 6 1 through 10. And he clearly addresses this issue. Paul is outraged. I mean, he's righteously angry that they would uh, take one another as believers to court and and lawsuit over minor issues instead of suing each other before unbelievers. They should, uh, according to Paul, and this even goes, Paul learned this from Jesus in Matthew 18, that they should settle the issue in court. Uh, You know, so that's why Jesus in Matthew 18 uh, talks about the transgressing of a, with a brother and that, you know, it, they should hear the the witness and the issues uh, before the church. You know, you, you take one brother, you don't listen, take two more. If they don't listen, you, you take it, be, you know, uh, before the church. And, and if they don't listen, then there's other consequences for that as well. So, it's never okay, uh, you know, a believer needs to be addressing these issues in the church. And, of course, you're going to always have some uh, believers who are not going to follow the Bible, and they're going to try to take you to court anyway, but they're going to have to deal with God regarding that, you know, and that's the bottom line to it. But we have to be obedient to what God says, and there is no compromise Confusion and contradiction with that So that's I'm I'm just standing on what The word of God says, there's nothing else that I Can stand on, I can't stand On my emotions and my feelings regarding It, I have to stand on God's word and what He says and i got to be obedient to that Anybody that's not going to be Obedient to that, uh, then they Got to take it up with God And if they're going to go beyond uh, The way The word of God and to with you or anyone else, they still got to deal with a higher court. So even if you don't do anything, they still got to deal with a higher court, and that's God. And I, I I put them in God's hand and deal with them from there. So hopefully the the other believer will be mature enough to say, okay, let's deal with this thing from the church perspective. But if they don't, you still have to be obedient to what God says. So hopefully that gives some type of uh insight to your question, but I'm just being biblically consistent to the word of God and try to be faithful to that.
2: And can I just jump in here real quick? Sure, go ahead. I, I recently did some freelance work for another believer. This individual said they would pay me a set amount of money and they never did, you know, and um as far as I'm concerned, you know, I'm I'm just gonna forgive the debt. Rather than, you know, try to take someone to court or or any of that craziness, because, you know, God has blessed me in so many other ways. Um, I need to be merciful. I need to have grace and I need to be able to forgive when someone has wronged me and allow God to take action, you know. Um, So I'd rather be defrauded than, you know, get caught up in all of that nonsense.
3: Amen. Well, hopefully, Jermaine, that that helps out. Uh, You know, we can always uh, deal with this some more if you'd like to uh, next week, but hopefully that kind of helps out some.
1: Yeah, it helps me out a lot, man. And and I also understand the danger of biblical literacy because I I believe both of what you uh, brothers have just said, that both parties are not necessarily even aware of that. So, yeah, I definitely uh, appreciate your input. Yeah, and that's where
3: uh, pastors and churches need to be educating people, because the curse of the church is biblical illiteracy. So thank you so much for your call, brother. And we're going to try to get to this last call uh, before we close. So God bless you and your family. Thank you. All right. God bless. All right.
2: All right. We have Sister Langston on the phone.
5: Sister Langston, how are you doing? Dr. Buckner, I am blessed, and I bring you greetings
3: from my beloved husband. Hey, Amen. Well, tell him I said uh, greetings back at him, and we appreciate him and you as well. So, appreciate your call Thank tonight.
5: Thank you. Pastor. Listen, yeah. I'm calling because I want to respond to some comments in your monologue. When you were talking about American citizens who extract all of the benefits of this country, they make you say big paychecks and live in big houses and drive big cars and put the country down. Listen, Brittany Griner is one of these people. I was discussing with the gentleman that, uh, you know, uh, questions you about why you're calling. Brittany Griner had demanded that um, the Star Banner no longer be played at her game. And I find it uh, very ironic that she is now <laughs> playing yeah. with the country uh-huh. that she mocked A country that nurtured her from childhood, brought her up, allowed her to become a WNBA professional, and then compensated and rewarded her with all kinds of accolades. She represented this country in the Olympics, and then she comes back, and the Star-Spangled Banner, it is actually foundational. It has to do with the aspirations of this country. No place is put. It should be, or all that it could be. But I appreciate your words when you were reminding people that if you think it's better someplace else, then go there. So the Lord has allowed her to go somewhere else. And she's constantly pleading that we come and rescue her. The same mm-hmm. country where she demanded that the WNBA no longer play the Star Spangled Banner at her games.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. What a what a, a brilliant point that you're bringing out, and you know, God has a sense of humor. You know, you can mock America and uh, deface it, and then all of a sudden, God sometimes will allow you to be in a place where uh, you're begging to come to a place that you tore down. And you know, she has, the thing about our young people today and the sports and so many things, they get so much money as it is. And a lot of athletes, they are satisfied with what they get here. She wants to go over to Russia to make, they get more money, not satisfied here and get over there. And, and, and you know, and then she's been there uh, a lot of time. She knows all the rules about, you know, drugs and all of that. And yet she brings that over there. And you know, she's gonna to have to face the consequences. And this is how sick the world the the this administration is, the Biden administration. They wanna exchange a terrorist uh, in the place of her and another person to be freed. A terrorist who wants to destroy America. And I said to myself, this is this is sickness beyond sickness, and this is why God has given them up to a uh, the strong delusions because they have rejected the truth and mm-hmm. including her that God has sent them strong delusions that they believe a lie and people have moved from strong delusionism to reparatism you know God is trying to speak to us today I think about the whole thing with the uh, monkey and I said to myself God you're trying to say something to the gay community to the gay world and to the bisexuals and to Uh, heterosexual, and all those who are constantly living immoral lives, if that's not God speaking, what else can we say? God is trying to say something to us, and C.S. Lewis said this, God whispers to us in our pleasures, but he shouts at us in our pain, and that's what's happening today, and when we don't listen, like Billy Graham said, you know, God you know, he'll have to apologize for what he did to Solomon Moore if he don't judge America, and that's what he's doing right now.
5: Young Americans enjoy freedoms and take liberalities in this country that don't translate around the world. They mm-hmm. don't understand that. And so, consequently, she's paying a very high price, and God is humbling her. Oh, well, yes. Think, and and he to has a...
3: He has a tremendous way of doing that. And uh, yes. that's what Paul even talked about in uh, 2 Corinthians 12, that, you know, because uh, he put this thorn in my flesh to humble me. And God has many ways. Well, thank you so much. looks like about the end of our program. Uh, Sister Langston, we always enjoy your calls and yes, your absolutely. wisdom that you bring out. And it fits right into what we believe. And thank you so much. And God bless you and your uh, husband as well. All right, Brother
2: Gary. All right, well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.